This is the Recruiting Simplified Podcast, where college basketball coaches give parents all the information that they need to help their child reach their goals of playing at the next level. The recruiting process can be difficult at times and it can be overwhelming. So the goal of this podcast is to help parents get the right information from the people who make the decisions. You can find more information at AngelaRLewis.com or follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Coach A. Lewis. Listen to what this coach had to say. Welcome to another episode of Recruiting Simplified. Our guest today is Coach Kirkhoff from McKendree College. Coach Kirkhoff, thank you for joining me. Tell everyone a little bit about your background and when you fell in love with basketball. Well, uh, my background after I've kind of thought about stuff, I'm I'm starting my 18th year of coaching altogether. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I can't believe it. Um, But uh, I played uh, college basketball at a Division II university, uh, University of Nebraska at Omaha. Uh, It has now gone uh, Division I. Um, but, uh, there I left and, uh, did my, um, graduate studies at UW, uh, Stout in Menominee, Wisconsin. Um, I got my first assistant coaching job back at the division two level at Michigan Tech University. Um, I was there for just two seasons, um, and jumped to division one as an assistant coach out at Elon University in, um, uh, Elon, North Carolina. Um, after being uh, out and about a little while, my old head coach called me back and said, hey, do you want to come work? She was working at the time at Bradley University in Peoria, Illinois. And I said, absolutely, closer to home, close to family, like, um, would love to. So I was there for six seasons. Um, before moving down here to the St. Louis area, um, I became associate head coach at uh, SIU Edwardsville. Um, and from there, uh, the athletic director at McKendry University reached me, uh, reached out to me about five years ago, um, about, uh, his institution and his women's program. Uh, and I went over there and it was one of those things that I, you know, heard of McKendry University, but never been on campus and I've driven through Lebanon, Illinois. And, uh, I kind of just fell in love and I saw it. This is, this is my first head coaching job and this is where I need to, to get a good successful start. Yeah, that's exciting. Congrats on all of your successes and where you've been. And you never know. I think you bring up such a great point when you talk about your stories. You never know why people cross your path. You don't know who's watching or yep. where you'll end up. You literally don't know where you're going to end up, you know, in a profession, yeah. which can be kind of exciting. It is. Uh, in, in this profession, you know, you have to be um, willing to move. There's no doubt about it. Um, but at the same time, I always call this profession kind of its own like fraternity sorority of just, um, it's, it's easy to network, uh, especially when you're going out recruiting and you're sitting in the stands for hours upon hours and you just make, uh, you make friends, uh, with other coaches. Um, and so it's been, uh, it's been a a great career. Um, and a lot of days, you know, I, I feel lucky. I don't feel like it's a job. Um, you know, I, I go there and I get to, to mentor young women and, um, it's just been a, a fun aspect of my life. Well, talk about the, nothing compares to college athletics. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's so incredible and, and amazing. I want people to really get to know you. 
So part of the goal of this podcast is for people to learn about you, the coaches, the universities, and then we talk about recruiting. So much of recruiting is relationship. I mean, all of it is relationship. So it, when did you when did you fall in love with the game? You know, um, I remember being in high school and I would be the person that, um, you know, stayed after practice and worked on my game. And my high school coach constantly joked around like, you're going to, you're going to give me a divorce from my wife. And <laughs> like, I got to go home, you know? Um, so I think it was just kind of there because my high school coach, um, just, uh, built a relationship with me and, believed in me and it was something that just kind of uh, stuck in my heart. Um, and so I think that's where I initially kind of fell in love with the game. Um, and then when it came to being a, a college coach, um, to be honest, I, I, I didn't really know. Uh, I graduated um, from Nebraska Omaha and I was like, I didn't know what the next step was. Um, it's kind of a hard transition for student athletes. And uh, a friend of mine got me connected with uh, a graduate assistant position. And when you talk about networking and coaching, um, after my first year there, I had uh, what was supposed to be my assistant coach at college um, who recruited me. She, was, uh, she had left prior to me coming, and she was the head coach at the time at Michigan Tech University. And um, I, as a grad assistant, was out recruiting a lot in Wisconsin as a GA. And so I knew the state of Wisconsin really well and she recruited Wisconsin hard. So she, uh, uh, you know, offered me the position of the assistant coaching job and I just kind of jumped into it. And, um, it was something that, you know, I always had my eyes on watching what my coaches were doing as I was playing in college. So I had a good handle of it. Um, and, uh, it just be kind of, it kind of came easy. I mean, don't get me wrong. There was a lot of bumps in the roads, uh, but, uh, it's something that became natural. Yeah, you know, being able to share the love of the game is important. And I love what you said about watching your coaches. For a lot of young athletes, those are the, the mentors, the really only professionals that they know <laughs> outside of parents and family members, right? Like you're the first, the coaches are your first introduction to what it means to have professionalism. I'll never forget when I went to college was the very first time I went to like a fancy banquet <laughs> and my college coaches taught me like which knife and fork to use and yep. four forks and three knives or whatever. And so, um, you mentioned also being able to mentor young women. Talk a little bit about like your approach to relationship building and how they translate on the court. You know, um, relationships are are so important to me and that's a big part that I have to be comfortable when it comes to the recruiting part uh but um recently uh, a parent um and I were having a conversation about uh their daughter and they said you know you've you've been you've probably had a, a big bigger impact on my daughter's life than I did as a parent and I was like I was like no I said absolutely not like you raised your daughter and got her here um, however, there's something about a, you know, a teenage kid that, you know, even I can say it, my parents were never right. My parents never right. But then all of a sudden I went to college and I completely, you know, bought into what my coaches were asking of me and, uh, just the belief that they instilled, uh, upon our team. 
and then you graduate and they, they're always, they're just always there. But then after a few years, I told a parent, I was like, just give it a few years exactly. after they graduate, they start to realize mom and dad was right, you know, uh, but were there just to be there, what I say in between person. Um, and, uh, I, um, I'm a big relationship person and I talk about it when I'm recruiting young ladies and, um, I talk about it with my players constantly, um, that, uh, it's a belief in each other. Um, when, you know, it's one of those things when a recruit, uh, says, yes, I want to come play for you, coach Kirkoff, and I want to come play for McKendry. Um, I'm, I'm blunt and honest and I spill it all out in the line in the recruiting process of this is who I am and this is what I want our program to be. And, um, when they say yes, to me, that's like saying yes. Uh, you know, the recruit saying, yes, I believe in you and I believe in our, in your program. Um, so right away, there's an automatic trust uh, that I have with, with players. Um, and I bring them in and treat them like adults. And it's just a mutual respect. Um, you know, yes, there's, you know, some few things along the roads that we correct for each other. But, uh, you know, I, I hope uh, they, I, what I say is I hope I'm a player's coach. Um, I hope they know I care about them more than just the game um, and that uh, they can come to me for any, everything. And what I want for them is to have a great college experience, um, to be successful on the court. Uh, but when they walk away, uh, they walk away with, you know, I don't know, 10, 12 automatic sisters and maybe two or three that are, you know, in their weddings. And, you know, they call that when they have their, have their baby and take pictures and let them let the teammates know. Um, that's, that's what, that's what to me, what it's all about. Yeah, it, it really is. It's about these lasting relationships and then how, how do you help prepare them for life once they, once they leave, you know, the four years of playing or two years, however many years that they happen to have been there. I want to, I want to rewind a little bit because you mentioned okay. when you're recruiting, when you're recruiting players, you tell them, this is who I am. This is what we do, and this is the vision that I have. Talk about that. What's what's the vision for McKendry women's basketball? Um, I took over a program that really struggled when I first uh, came to McKendry, and so um, the big part of me, the first uh, few years, and even now, I still give the same spiel, I guess it is, uh, about team culture. Um, so I, I talk to them about, you know. Uh, the game is won and lost uh, even before we step on the court uh, because I believe in, in, the, in the chemistry of our team um, and that it's you, if you want to come play for McKendry wins basketball, you got to be selfless. Um, and, uh, and I tell them at the same time, like you're, you're going to know where you stand uh, with the coaches and you're going to know your role um, and you uh, can challenge your role every day in practice. Um, however, when it comes to game day, you're 100% accepting your role, whether that's you need to be a starter, a scorer, a defender, first sub off the bench, uh, or you just need to be a bench player, that you're up cheering for your teammates and giving nothing but positive energy. Um, we talk about that, uh, you know, with every recruit that comes in. And at the same time, we talk about that all year long. Um, about having respect for, for teammates and about having positive conflict with teammates um, and holding each other accountable um, and doing it face-to-face -face and not by text. Um, but we are, uh, we really just kind of talk about what, what I think is going to help them 
when they graduate from college and work in a business office, work with other colleagues. Um, when you really look at it in our day-to-day -day lives, in our offices, in our jobs, we are a part of a team. Um, and we have to figure out how to uh, respect each other and communicate with each other uh, to be successful. So true. Very true. I love that the teaching how to deal with conflict face to face. <laughs> yes. Really key. You're gonna, gonna have to need that skill. Yep. And we talk about, you know, um, that's what my, my assistant and myself, that's what we're there for. Uh, yes, it can be scary. Uh, you don't know quite how to handle situations, but come talk to us. We'll, we'll give you pointers. We'll um, help you along the way. Um, and, but then you, you go do the work of whatever the conflict w uh, may, may need to be resolved in a positive way. Um, and then, you know, come back, talk to us, and we'll, we'll help you with the next step. Yep. So you're constantly coaching. So coaching, coaching them how to communicate well, coaching on the court, it's all connected. Yes, exactly. Their entire um, life. Yeah, it is. And it's, you know, it's all the simple stuff of, you know, just even how, um, what our game time before game protocol is and how we um, are on the bus and how we are when we go eat as a, a team. Um, you know, I'm just a big believer in team. Um, there's nothing better than I think getting, um, you know, 12 to 14 ladies together and being successful. Um, you know, a lot of people could probably do it individually. Uh, my athletes, they're talented enough, but to, to, to put aspects aside and uh, put uh, everything together to, for a team and be successful, um, there's just, I don't think there's going to be a greater feeling for anyone. No, there's not. There's not. <laughs> I'm my teammates now, we always say, oh, if we could just be together again. You know, yep. like when you're in it, you can't wait until it's over and it's all intense. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. <laughs> had to do was work out today. <laughs> yeah. And, and as soon as like they graduate and it's that first fall where it's preseason workouts and they're, you know, running and lifting, that's when you hear from the previous seniors and they're going, man, I miss that. And you just, you yeah. just giggle and you're like, I get it. I understand. And maybe that's why I'm still in it. You know, I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, there's just something about it. It is. It's really special. Let's let's shift a bit and talk more in depth about recruiting. Okay. Um, I was really excited to have you on. I'm really. I was really excited that you agreed to be on because you coached and played at a lot of different levels. So will you talk a little bit about the differences in terms of the type of players that you're recruiting? D1, D2, D3. Yeah, there is, um, you know, there, there is a big difference between the levels. Um, and it's just a matter of what, uh, what one recruits, um, what their fit is and what they want for their college career. Um, you know, I, I, I look at myself and I went uh, division two and um, I, I was a starter, was a little bit more of a role player in terms of when it came to scoring and everything. And I knew my role. I was to defend and rebound. And I, I accepted that. Um, however, I sometimes wondered to look like, you know, if I would have went division three, would I have been a, a better uh, player, a better fit for that if I wanted to be more of a scorer or something? Um, so, you know, when I look to talking to recruits, you know, you got to figure out what you want um, in terms of you know, do you, do you want to be someone that's going to maybe have to sit for the first two years and, you know, play that role of being the bench player or backup person and then be coming in in the junior, senior year and having your time? Or are you wanting somebody to come in and be able to play right away? 
Um, but I feel like, um, you know, each level, uh, when it comes to recruiting the, it is the same, but the type of player is just different. Um, you know, division three, um, has some great athletes who just at the same time, maybe just don't want to be, um, all in all the time, uh, because the division two and division one level has gotten to be pretty much year round. Um, and so that's the right fit for them. Uh, division two, you know, it kind of has a, a, a good life balance in terms of, you know, from, uh, October, sorry, from August to the end of, uh, March our, or sorry, end of May, our schedule is pretty much the same as division one in terms of hours we get with our students, um, at the division two level, uh, we, we talk about, you know, at Christmas time, we get a seven day break. Like it's a manda mandatory seven day break by the NCAA. So you have a bit of, little bit of a life balance. Um, seven days is incredible. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't, <laughs> you get like three and a half. Yeah. Assistant coach. I remember coming back on Christmas one day coaching or practicing and I'm like, what are we doing? You know, but <laughs> it, it's just, uh, and, and at division one, it really has become a full-time job. I mean, they are, uh, there through the summer, um, and they are there pretty much all year long. Um, and so again, it, it's just about the right fit. Um, it, you know, Division One definitely has the the high caliber, high athlete uh, student athletes. Um, Division Two, I think, is a good mix crossover between you have some really high um, athleticism, and then there's other people that are they're really skilled players. Um, and so it's just a matter of finding a program of, of what works and what they're looking for. Um, but, uh, all together, I, I, I've been at all three. Um, there's a place for everyone. Um, if you, if you want to play. Agree. Agree. 100%. And really you, what you said about knowing who you are and what you want, that's, the majority of the battle right there. I yep. remember coaching and recruiting kids and you're like, oh, so what's important to you? And some of them will say, well, I don't know. And you're like, okay, so where do we go from not knowing what's important? Well, is it the major or is it the distance or is it the culture? Like trying to really help kids and parents understand that figuring out what's important to you makes it easier for everybody. That really That's why me. I always ask, um, you know, I always ask the, make sure that when you, wherever you go, you know, it has a major or options, opportunities for you to major in because you probably will change your major. Um, you know, and I always say, make sure you go to somewhere where you can see yourself fit, even if you're not playing your sport, uh, because just in case something would happen and you'd have a career en uh, ending injury, um, you still want to, you still want to be there. Um, but the question I always ask ladies is, um, when you go and you look at the future and when you look at your um, college basketball career, when it's all said and done, what do you, what do you want your college basketball career to be for you? Um, you know, answer that question. And uh, that is one I think sometimes um, recruits don't think about of, you know, when I put the graduation hat on, yes, I got my, my major. Yes. I had a great time with my teammates, but, what do, what do I see where I wanted to be in terms of being on a team, you know? Um, and if they can answer that honestly, um, then those are the type of questions they need to ask college coaches, you know? Do you see me playing right away? Or do you see me being a development player for the first couple of years? Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, I think those things help, help them and will help them find the right fit. 
They do. That's a really good question. And you're right. Having that, trying to, ha- trying to help young people have foresight. Yep. Important because it, it help it determines your decision making. Yeah, completely. And it's tough because, you know, we're recruiting like, you know, 17, 18 year old young ladies. And I always laugh. And sometimes I'm like, you don't even know what you want to eat the next day, let alone what you can see, uh, you know, four or five years down the road. Um, but I just tell them, you know, sit down and, and think about that. Like, what do you what do you want for your college career? What's important to you? That's that's key. You know, really being able to think through and trying to think through the possibility. Yeah. And then I just think that will help them figure out, uh, you know, what, even what level they should be at then. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Depending on the commitment level that they're, they're willing to make. Yeah. Yep. Let's deep dive now into the survey questions. None of them were on the questions I sent you intentionally. Okay. That's fine. I'm going to ask you the question that I ask parents and then give me what you think the answers are. So. Do you know the difference between NCAA, NAIA, and NJCAA? So you know the difference between NCAA, NAIA, and JUCO. What percent do you think said yes? What percent said no? And what percent said maybe? Oh, boy. Um, I would think like, yeah. So uh, I would think for parents, I would think a good majority, like 75% of them would know the difference between the NCAA uh, and the NAIA. Now, the, uh, the NJCC, maybe some of them don't recognize the, those, those letters, but I guarantee you if you ask them about uh, you know, junior colleges or community colleges, they would recognize a few names. Okay. Am I close? <laughs> you are. You are. So 64.5% said yes they don't know the difference good 26.4 percent said no and then nine percent said maybe so yes the majority of people knew the difference good (laughs) what about oh this one's fun are you clear about the academic requirements to play college basketball at different levels yes no and maybe you know um i'm gonna say a majority of people do not know what the academic requirements Requirements are. I've just come along that uh, pretty quickly. Um, so I'm going to say a good chunk don't know that over 50% of them don't know what the NCAA uh, requirements are. 67.3 self-reported that they know. Oh, wow. Well, that's great then. That is great. <laughs> well, but your experience, and so this is, this is why this conversation is powerful. You're having conversations with parents. And yeah. Based on the conversations you've had, you can say with pretty good certainty that over half of the people don't really know, which is why we're doing this, right? So we make those resources available. Okay, the last question, and there's plenty more, but the last one from the survey before I ask their questions is, do you believe that posting your daughter's accomplishments on social media increases her chances of receiving a scholarship? Yes, nor maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah, the social media uh, one is, is a big one these days. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm going to say again, probably over half believe that that will help them. Um, and at least, uh, 
I'm going to say at least uh, get exposure, maybe not necessarily a college scholarship. So if you're saying college scholarship, I would hope that uh, that would be less than half, I guess. Okay. So, so yes, no, and maybe you're saying that. That yes, they believe that it will help them get a college scholarship. 35.5% said yes. 31.8% okay. said no. And 32.7% said maybe. That's pretty even. Wow. It is. And so that really says that there's a lot of ambiguity and like uncertainty around the world yeah. of social media. Will you talk about that as a college coach and from every, you know, regardless all the levels that you've coached, what do you, do you look at social media? Like if you, what do you, what do you think about when you're seeing the posts about players? You know, um, I look at social media as a part of like, uh, when it comes to recruiting, mm -hmm. I, I'm going to, my own eyes and my assistant's eyes, we're going to be the ones that do the work. Uh, we're going to, that's what I'm going to trust first. And I'm a gut person uh, when it comes to recruiting um, that it's got to be the right feel before I offer a kid. Um, the social media aspect uh, might be something along the lines of like, you know, say I watched a kid play and I didn't think they were at a level and you know, I see they get offered by uh, somebody at the Division II level, and I'm like, hmm, maybe I missed the boat on that kid. Maybe I need to go watch that kid again. Um, so I use it kind of more as that type of a tool, I would say. Um, but I don't necessarily think it's a, a huge tool in recruiting. Um, it's more of just an informational thing. Um, I will say, though, it's one of those things where, say – uh, a coach or somebody messages me on like Twitter because that happens a lot like hey you should watch this kid um, there's been occasions where say um, you know I've had a, a kid has emailed me and I'm like oh, okay um, you know I'll, I'll look into her but then like a couple of days later uh, you know a, my phone rings and uh, the college, uh, the high school coach picks up is, is on the other line talking to me about, you know, you know, Sally. And I'm like, okay. And then for some reason I call it like the three or four rule when all of a sudden, like something else comes across my desk that has her name on it, or I see something out on Twitter or, or social media that has her name on it that I go, huh? Okay. I've seen her name three or four times in the last, like, seven days, I should probably check this kid out. You know, I, I'm missing something or let's, let's look into this more. Um, so that's where I kind of use those types of tools and everything. Uh, well, for the most part, my assistant and I, we, we do the, we do the work and we go out and watch games and, um, you know, that type of stuff and, and use what we know as our, our tools. And then, you know, when it comes to the social media part or even just like reading articles on the, um, on online anymore that that's where I start to get like the three or four rule. Okay. We've seen this name a couple times. Let's, let's dig a little deeper because for some reason she keeps popping up, you know, well, let's keep talking about that. I, how often I ask all coaches this, do you look at there's tons of recruiting services? <laughs> right? So are you looking at the, everyone has a pro everyone is an extreme, but a lot of kids yeah. are forced to create profiles and those profiles are sent to college coaches. So, so not necessarily talking about one specifically, but do you look at those? Do you respond to code emails and calls from coaches? So how much code, how, how often do you look at what's coming across 
your um, desk? When I was uh, when I was recruiting coordinator at Division One, um, yeah, I looked and you know I used those types of tools uh, a lot more often um, when it comes to like you know again it always went out, it always start it always starts with our list in terms of college coaches going out and doing the groundwork and and watching kids. Um, then um, you know when you're in the office. Uh, you, you do use some of those tools to kind of like just back up and see, like check their profiles, check, uh, you know, um, stats, check academics, things like that. Um, I will, uh, at Division Two level, you know, it's, uh, it comes and goes. Um, I would say I use it more in the off season. Right now we're mid-season. I, I do get a lot of emails. I do get a lot of profiles from companies that are out there that are saying, Hey, you should check this kid out and this kid. And, um, you know, I click on them. I look them at division two. I've really narrowed, um, down in terms of just our region. You know, we, we recruit, uh, student, um, student athletes that are pretty much border Illinois, um, you know, Wisconsin, Indiana, uh, Missouri, a little bit of, of Eastern Iowa, um, and everything in, in, in Illinois. Um, it's just because it's it just, there's only two of us and it can, it gets, I, there's emails every day. Uh, so when I get emails and it's, you know, some, someone from, you know, Georgia or New York, I'm like, who, you know, they say they want to come to McKendry. I'm like, do you really, you know, um, and especially at division two level, most young ladies, um, are about a five to six hour radius. So that's what we kind of stick with. Uh, when it comes to recruiting as well, unless somebody call, calls or somebody emails and says, Hey, you know, my brother is playing football at McKendry or, um, you know, my, my aunt went to McKendry and I, and she played basketball there. Then those ones are going to be like, okay, you know, star, like we have a connection with this young lady already. Thank you for that. That's the question parents ask all the time. And I think you know, a lot of parents don't, they have the fear of missing out. You don't want, they don't want their child to miss out on opportunities. So they, you know, yeah. sign up for services or whatever to ensure that something. There's a lot of free services out there. That's what I want to tell uh, people. Do your homework. I, I get that from some, uh, you know, some high school uh, friends that have kids now. And they're like, what do you, what do you think? And I'm like, you can do your own homework. And at the same time, there's free services out there that you don't have to spend a lot of money because I know parents already are, are spending money when it comes to club teams and uh, hotels and tournaments and jerseys. So you, you can, you can get your word out and you can get your name out um, and not have to pay a whole lot of money when it comes to services, I believe. Sure. Absolutely. There are, there are a number of free ones out there. I'm going to, I'm going yeah. to pull a question directly from parents. Okay. okay. Oh, voila. What <laughs> is the best way to get your child exposed to colleges? What is exposure? Everyone wants exposure. What's the best way? Um, for the division two level, uh, in which, you know, is, I think a a really good level and a lot of student athletes can play at this level. Mm -hmm. um, with the amount of support we have in terms of just coach, assistant coach, grad assistant are at our program. We don't have, you know, uh, you know, a director of operations and a recruiting coordinator and all of that. At Division Two, we really do go out to the, uh, the, to the spring, summer, and fall events. 
um, that are happening. So, you know, I look at, you know, there's two evaluation periods um, in April that are, and that division ones can go out to, but there's other ones in May that uh, division twos go out to. We pretty much are out every weekend in May. Um, July, of course, there's the two, the two seven day periods. And then there's another one uh, that division twos can only go to uh, in the fall. I usually like end of September sometime. We really do use those. At least that's what we do at McKendry. Um, go to those events because it is, it is tough for, uh, I've, I have found since going to division two, it is tough to get to high school games. Um, when I was at the division one level and I was a recruiting coordinator, you know, I would miss practice or would miss the last half of practice and go drive three hours to Chicago and go watch a game and drive back home. Um, as a head coach, I don't have that anymore. Our practices are, you know, 3.30 to 5.30. And a lot of high school games are starting six, seven o'clock. Um, so it's, uh, it's hard to get out during the season um, because there's only two of us. And I'm always going to take care of our team first because that's, that's the ones that are there right now and jumped in and believed, uh, believed in our program. So we're going to take care of them first. Um, and, and then the, also the other part is sometimes it's even hard for us to get out to reach local events because we play games and we've got to scout opponents. So there's a lot of evenings that sometimes I'm like, yep, I need to be at this high school game, but I've got to watch film and I've got to get our team prepared for this game. Uh, this Thursday. So we don't even sometimes get to, to local events. Um, we try to just do it uh, like every other week in terms of who's got scouts and who's going to be out on the road. Um, so it is tough during the, during the high school season. Um, and so we do use the, the club circuit a lot. I'm glad that you mentioned that about the amount of staff and how that impacts recruiting. Yeah. One of the questions that parents always ask is, how do you know if a coach is really interested? And so that's part one. Part two of that is a lot of coaches have said, you know, they're interested, but how much they show up and, and how, you know, the amount of communication and how attentive they are. But if there's only two coaches, how do yeah. players know that y'all are interested? Yeah. And that is, and I think that's different for levels, you know, um, you know, when you're at the division one level and they say, you know, how interested are you at the division one level? Yeah, they, they should be calling you. Um, they should be at some games. Um, there's, there's no doubt about that because they have the staff, they have four to go out and do that. Um, uh, you know, you should be getting personalized emails, um, in terms of, you know, actual concrete emails of like them referring to a conversation you had about something that happened in that week. Um, you know, text messages, things like that. Um, at the division two level with just, uh, two of us, you know, um, the interest is still the same, I think in terms of, you know, you should be getting phone calls, you should be getting text messages, um, you know, again, emails as well. Uh, but when it comes to games, you know, they're not, I don't think that there's going to be, they're going to be able to go to like a game every week or every other week. Um, you know, if they can hit two or three games, uh, in your in your season that's pretty good but i would say that that would probably be more for a local kid you know um we recruit chicago and that's four and a half hours from here and when i'm gonna go there i'm gonna go there like on a friday and a saturday when we're not gonna have practice the amount of games i can reach in two games might be three you know um so 
it is, it's different for different levels. Um, but the one thing is, you know, parents and players should know, like, just because, uh, you get a questionnaire, it's a start. Don't get me wrong. It's a start. And what they're asking for you is to, you know, open, they're opening the door to saying, Hey, we want to find out more about you. Um, but that doesn't mean it's automatic, like recruiting, you know what I'm saying? Like there has to be a, there has to be offer with it. Yeah, they're ready to offer. You can yeah, exactly. They're not ready exactly. to offer. We just yeah. want to put you on the list, you know, yeah. put you in the database. Exactly. And it's one of those things when you get that email and say you get the questionnaire email and then you don't hear from them in a while, be proactive. Send them your high school schedule. Highlight on that high school schedule what the good games are that they should come attend to. Uh, because I don't want to come watch Sally sit the for the quarter or sit the bench the fourth quarter, you know, mm -hmm. um, send them your spring schedule, send them your summer schedule. That's the part where I sit and go, you can be proactive and you don't need a service to do that. Um, when, when students send me those um, personalized emails of here's my schedule, I, I try to respond with thanks so much. We'll try to, we'll try to catch you here this spring or summer because they are making an effort of trying to, uh, uh, you know, get their information out to us. That's really good advice. You know, some, making sure the young people are like proactive. Yeah. You know that it's okay for them to reach out and they can actually start learning how to have professional communications. Yep. <laughs> Those are good skills. Exactly. Um, I have a few more questions for you. You're good. The parent portal. Okay. With some, the first question is, when, when, do, when do coaches start recruiting? Like, when does yeah. this process start? The timeline question was asked over and over again. It, think, it, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I have a niece, and uh, my brother was having her in two club, uh, uh, clubs playing during the summer, and she was like going into like seventh grade. And I was like, what are you doing? I was like, back it up. She needs high school season, play some club. And if that's it, go buy a trainer, go work on her skills. That's more important. Um, this is personally my, my opinion, but um, I believe the two crucial seasons are uh, the summer before your junior year, uh, and the summer before your senior year for the division two level, not many are going much deeper than that. Now, if you're a stud eighth grader, guess what? You're probably going to be getting some division ones looking at you. Um, but that's not everybody. And that's not realistic. No. I, I really think it's the two years, the last two years is the most crucial years. And that's all I'm really watching. Mm -hmm. Um, when it comes to like, the spring and the summer, so like this, this past spring and summer, we, we were just getting started on our, you know, our 2020 list. Um, and then at the end of July, we started watching the 2021 so that we could kind of have an idea of like a small list of who we wanted to go, go after for the 2021s. But we'll hit, we'll hit a few of those here right now during the school year. Uh, but then in the spring, we're going to go back out and we're going we're gonna to make a bigger list for 2021 class. So it really is. It's the last two years. I, I, I think there's a lot of money being wasted to 12-year-olds <laughs> playing. I, I agree 110% because 
because you can't sign a national letter of intent until your senior year. Yep. The majority of people don't sign until the spring of their senior year anyway. Like, yeah. this illusion that everyone's signing this week in November, but no, that's yeah. a really small number of kids making that decision early on. So what I try to help parents understand is you have time. Like, she's in eighth grade, she's a freshman, like, you have plenty yeah. of time. There's, There's a lot that can happen. Make sure she takes care of her body. Let's do that. Like, be healthy. Make sure yep. that you, you build on skills every year. So get a little bit better, whether it's at ball handling. But you don't have to travel all over to get this exposure because it's not going to matter Yeah. until your junior or senior year. I, what I think people, like, if, if people want to do college visits like their sophomore mm-hmm. year, go yep. do that. But don't even look at the basketball aspect. Go take your daughter on an admissions tour and walk around a small private school, a big state school. Like, go go look and just let her get educated without even looking at the basketball part. Again, what's the fit for the academics and where they want to be every single day? Um, you know, because once, uh, you know, that, that junior year, that senior year, that's when the visits are going to start, especially the senior year. Uh, sorry, the, the end of your junior year into the summer of your senior year, that's when the recruiting visits for the basketball part's going to start. Then they already have an idea of, I know this is what I've kind of, I've liked this type of school when we've gone, um, but you know what, maybe this basketball program fits me better and I need to be at a smaller school or, or whatever is important to them. Um, so it's nothing, unless you're, unless you're a really, really good you know, top 50 recruits in the United States, your, your junior and senior year are your big years. Yep. You know, the, the other thing, speaking on that, is the majority of the players who are playing college athletics aren't playing Division One. They're playing yeah. every other level. There's yep. more playing every other level. And so sometimes we set that Division One timeline as the standard, when in fact for the majority of the kids, it just doesn't really apply. And that's yeah. okay. And it's, and again, this is just a personal opinion, but it's scary. It's scary to hear young ladies who um, are being recruited as eighth graders or freshmen. And I see them, you know, because somebody's tweeting about them being on a, you know, SEC football field on a Saturday afternoon. And I'm like, they're a freshman. And I go back to, they don't even know what they want to wear to school the next day. Like, let's just slow down. There's a maturity thing for it. And, and I think also that's why there's three levels because all three levels, I think there's a different maturity factor for young ladies. Agreed. And then, I mean, we haven't even touched on NAI. Yeah. NCCAA. Yep. I just became familiar with. Yep. Other levels and, and other opportunities for young people to play that, they give them a different um, school basketball balance. Exactly. And, and again, it's just a matter of, you know, how much uh, do they want their basketball, um, their life to be, you know, consumed by basketball. Um, I, I don't know if that's, I don't mean that to sound negative, but um, at the division one level, it, it is, it is a job. It is, you're, you're told where to be and when to be and what to do. Um, and at Division Two, it's pretty much kind of like that in the school year. You know, you have your freedom at Christmas and you have your freedom during the summer, but it is, um, you know, and I can't speak to the NAI level, but I do have friends that coach in it. 
Um, and I just think that's the type of fit for everyone where um, basketball is important to them. They love to play. They want to be there. Um, but it's not completely like their entire life. And that's okay. They're still competitive. They still want to compete. That's the big part. There's something that still drives them. There are championships to be won. Yes, exactly. Which is always exhilarating. The um, last question I want to ask is more specific to you and your program. So parents ask, like, what makes a good fit? What are college coaches looking for? I got, get that a lot. So what are you looking for when you're out in the spring and the fall recruiting? What are you, what are you looking for? Um, you know, uh, obviously talent is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's something where we have to, you know, somebody has to, like, kind of spark our eye in terms of, you know, they're showing some skill and some athleticism. Um, but once we kind of have that, that's when I start watching the intangibles. Um, you know, are they the one that sprints and um, picks up their teammates after they get a charge? Um, are they the one that runs halfway across the gym to go get the ball so that the official doesn't have to? Um, what's their body language when they're not playing well? Um, and how do they walk off the court when they get subbed out um, to maybe even like they don't get to play a whole lot? So what's their body language on the on the bench? Um, and I'm also the one that uh, sits and watch, like, um, you know, when there's a, a coach talking, are they, you know, looking in their eyes, um, when their coach is yelling at them, what's their reaction? Um, and, and at the same time, uh, you know, are they, uh, having a conversation with mom and dad who's on the bleachers over there trying to coach them? Uh, I, I do. And I watch a kid and I really start to like someone and I've watched them a handful of times. I'm like, okay, I start to look in the bleachers. I'm like, who's mom? Who's dad? Uh, you know, how are they going to be in the stands? Um, because in college and, and I tell this on my recruiting visits, you know, it's, it's their choice. Their parents are going to be there to help guide them. It's the biggest choice they've made, uh, so far in their career, but they're the ones going to be the do, doing the work. Uh, and when it comes to playing time and it what comes to scholarships, they're the ones that are having the conversations with me, not the parents. Um, it, and so I do watch for those things because I want a young lady who has, uh, can be act like an adult and knows how to have a tough conversation possibly um, and not have their parents do it for them. Yeah. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of things and a lot of it is the intangibles when it comes to it. Um, yep, no doubt about it. Talent and skill is important. And we, that's the first thing we look for. But then after that, I'm looking for all the little stuff, uh, so that I know fully what, uh, what, um, they're going to be able to do for our program. I love that because there are intangibles and I feel like these are the things that high school coaches are telling kids and kids are rolling their eyes sometimes, like whatever, (laughs) but they matter. They really matter. They they do. And a lot of times those, those intangibles or like, um, you know, how a, how a player reacts to a coach or um, if they're, you know, even, um, even when I have kids on campus, sometimes I've had kids like talk back to their parents or mistreat their parents. And it turns my gut because I go, if, if they're not going to listen to their parents or they're sassing back, like, what, how are they ever going to listen to me? You know, um, I, I can't. Like I said, I, I've had, uh, you know, 17 years of coaching and I lean so much on my gut. And I've, I know I've only been a head coach. Uh, this is my fifth year. 
but I have gone against my gut three times and all three times I've been wrong. Like I should have listened to my gut. You know what I'm saying? So, um, those intangibles of all that little stuff is, is really your, your true character. It is. It shows who you are when you're not trying to, when you're being authentically who you are and it makes yep. it. Yeah. So we want players to know parents keep telling them respectful, <laughs> you know, exactly. Up. I love what you said. Do you go across the gym to get the ball and give it to the ref? That is yes. little, but it says something about, your willingness to like help the entire like game keep moving yep. versus saying, all right, I'm gonna take a break um, and, and watch and wait. Yep, exactly. I, I just appreciate your insight and your willingness to chat and share your experiences. If someone wants to learn more about McKinsey University, if they want to check y'all out, or if they know a player that you may need or that you may want, how, how can they reach you? Um, my, uh, my, our university website uh, is uh, mckendry.edu. Um, otherwise, it's mckbearcats.com. Uh, and uh, you can just go to women's basketball. Um, you'll go to the roster, and the coaches will be down at the bottom with uh, our profile, and our email will be there as well as what, uh, our phone numbers. So uh, feel free to, to reach out. Perfect. Thank you so much. And we'll be sure to get all of those and put them in the show notes. Does your team have a um, Facebook, Instagram page? We do. Uh, both of them, our Facebook and our Instagram page is um, McKendry Women's Basketball is what it's listed as. Uh, and we also are big on Twitter. Um, and that is uh, MCKWBB. Um, so uh, just feel free to check us out. Perfect. Thank you so much. Good luck in your upcoming games. I'll be rooting for y'all. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. I greatly appreciate it. You're welcome. The Recruiting Simplified podcast is produced by the Global Athlete Media Network. To find out more information about this podcast, visit AngelaRLewis.com or connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at Coach A. Lewis.